You're listening to Special Relationships, a show about monetizing and maximizing your existing client relationships. Visit relationshipaudits.com for more information or contact details. Hello and welcome back to Special Relationships. I'm your host, a Smith called Keith, and I'm here with two experts in finding the hidden revenues that most companies don't pay as much attention to as they should, measuring, managing and maximising income from existing clients and customers instead of chasing new clients all the time. Kerry Evans and Simon Rin Tut's company, Relationship Audits, specialises in helping companies deliver maximum service to their customers and uncover new streams of revenue that sit right under their nose. This is the final episode of the series and we thought it would be good to do a summary of the previous shows and add a little bit of a twist because we're going to shoot them through the lens of a client to hopefully identify some new areas and perspectives to help you grow, manage and maximise your client relationships. With me today is a change of cast again, and Kerry, you've brought in a bit of a ringer because Amy, who's one of your company's rising stars, has spent a large part of her career on the client side working with companies like yours. So welcome to you both. Now, Kerry, I just wanted you to do a more formal introduction of Amy and to tell us what special skills she brings to the business that you needed. First of all, she's uh, she's a lady, and we found that uh, ladies are typically very good listeners, uh, so that's a really important part of our business. But the great thing about what Amy does is that she uh, she brings experience of working on both the supplier and the client side, which gives her a unique perspective on how what we do, suppliers, impacts clients' business and what she would have liked to have had if she had been a client by working with us. So it gives us the outside-in perspective, if you like, or the poacher term gamekeeper or gamekeeper term poacher, whichever side of that fence you you are at the time. Um, so, yeah, so she's been a really valuable addition to the team because she gives us another perspective. Good stuff. So what we're going to do for this show is recap the previous shows and get Amy's perspective on all of the subjects we've been talking about. So looking at it from the client side in. Amy, welcome to the show again. In the first show, we were talking about the value of existing business over new business. So why is it that so many companies put all their effort into new business, business that they have to win from scratch, than looking at the business that's potentially already sitting there? It's a, it's a very interesting question. Um, and I think it's one that a lot of uh, companies sort of uh, uh, toggle with, uh, not just in, in our, uh, our line of work. Um, I think there's a couple of things with this. There is that some agencies are better account managers than others, truthfully. Um, and I think when they are, therefore, um, it's easier for them to uh, retain the existing business and also develop uh, potentially more business within that existing client. I think what my experience is that when I was working um, for a big corporate is it's definitely a very mixed bag. We used to work with a number of different agencies um, across different types of projects. Um, and there was quite a difference between some of them. I think the other element is that there is potentially a lot of kudos from winning new business, especially if you're a service provider, being able to you know come back from that pitch, you get that call to say, hey guys, we got it. You know, I think there's an element of that. It's a slight main vanity side to it. 
Um, but I think it keeps the morale essentially going within the agency. Whereas, and it's maybe seen as a little more sexy than just, oh, you know, we've just added on an extra, you know, five grand piece of business here. However, there needs to be a balancing act. Um, you know, I don't think it can just be one or the other. Um, and I think, you know, actually, if you look at some of your client bases, that those incremental gains can sometimes be much more important than the sort of one-off wins. In episode two, we looked at ways that we could reinforce the existing bonds between clients and suppliers. And it's it's more than just kind of arranging golf days, isn't it? I mean, it's it's from a client perspective, what have been some of the best things that you've seen from suppliers that help keep keep you engaged and informed and, and really feeling good about the relationship? Truthfully, none of this is rocket science um, in terms of how do you keep the relationships um, going? How do you get the most value out of them? And how are you seen as a support? And I think probably that's one of the most um, things is having a service provider is that they are actually there not only to, only to do some work, but actually support you in that process. So for example, when you're client side, you, it's not just you that they're dealing with. I often would have had stakeholders that I would need to deal with. So they may not be dealing with them, but I have to. So it's how can they support me to make that a stronger relationship myself within the client side. So in terms of actual initiatives, I think one very simply is co-locating. A lot of big corporates actually don't have the space that they need for some of these sessions. Um, and so actually being able to go over to your agency's office and also take yourself out of that day-to-day, -day, oh, this is where we're working all the time. It's a little bit different. And I think, you know, it's a bit more exciting. And if you're doing a big project review or you're thinking, right, ideas, 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 um, then you can get more inspiration from doing that as well. And I think it just um, makes things more interesting. And when you're there, you also get a chance to speak to some of the other people you may not see all the time that work on, you know, on different parts of the business, especially when, you know, they're one of the main suppliers, there might be stuff going on from the client side that you, you're not even aware, aware of. Um, and I think it, it helps to keep those conversations going. So that would definitely be a big tip for me um, and was. One of the other things is one of the agencies we work specifically um, created a kind of supplier portal. Um, and I don't just mean from a very functional, this is where you put your invoices, this sort of thing. It was an actual portal where you were able to collaborate in real time on the projects. So, you know, we know how we often face the, the kind of challenge of going, where, where is that information? Is it in my emails? Is it on a chat? Is it wherever? And actually being able to have it in one place um, where everybody has you know, sight of it, I think it definitely makes things um, more consistent and I think it makes life easier. Did they have to do that? No, they chose to do that. And I think it, for us, it worked really well. I used to work specifically on the digital corporate comm side. So a lot of ours was, you know, it wasn't wasn't as exciting maybe as brand stuff, but it was definitely um, help, helped by having that. So I think that something like that, that kind of initiative. And then the other thing that we found, and you mentioned sort of arranging golf day, I think that um, in, can be, helpful uh, when you're just doing a one-on-one -on -one kind of uh, let's have a catch-up but one of the agencies we've worked with they used to do a summer party every year 
um, which was fabulous, by the way. Um, so just to go to that in, a, in the first place was amazing. But it meant that you had an opportunity to talk to other clients they might be working with that you wouldn't necessarily know about or, you know, and you could talk about potentially other projects and, and get shared learning. So yes, it was a little bit of a jolly, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think more so than just, you know, oh, how do I pick you off and work out on your each relationship? It gave you, um, it gave us a better understanding of what they were also capable of. Um, and then it meant that we could have different conversations and say, oh, I was speaking to so-and-so the other day. I know you guys have done this great work for them. We think it could be really valuable for us. So it's that shared learning. So for me, those are just some of the initiatives, but I think they just really supported our relationship. I'm glad you brought up the subject of technology because I wanted to, to kind of ask you about some of the potential threats and opportunities that you see from, from, from your perspective on what's going to happen with technology as far as the client and supplier relationship is concerned. Is that something that you see has some potential? Absolutely. I think you sort of talk about threats and opportunities. If you kind of put the actual concept of technology to one side and just think about what is it you're trying to achieve, um, I think whenever you're talking about relationship, it's about looking at uh, people have different levels of understanding, you know, whether it be to do with technology, whether it be to do different kinds of communications, et cetera, et cetera. And I think one of the biggest things that you can do is actually acknowledging the people you're dealing with, where they may, may sit within that particular area. So, you know, we do know right now technology, as, as it has been before, is becoming more and more um, important. And I think more at the forefront of people's minds. You know, we talk about AI. There is seemingly a lot of, you know, love-hate relationship going on with that at the minute. I think it's interesting. I think it's useful. I know from thinking about when I was client side, it could be quite scary as well. And also, if you're a service provider thinking, oh, God, how am I going to utilize this? Am I going to have my clients coming to me going, right, you need to be at the forefront of that. So I think it's about bringing the other people on a journey. And I think that's the really important bit. And it's about really understanding what companies are trying to do. One of the things with technology is it can be seen as the shiny new thing. And you go, oh, wow, that's great. And it's going to create everything really well. And it's going to be really interesting. But actually, it's about what are you trying to achieve? Um, because that's that's what where service providers need a really good understanding. And that's why they also need to have a really good understanding of how they can support the companies or the clients that they work with. For an example, one of our clients, we were talking about um, a new survey we're doing with them. It's one that we've done before, um, but it's just sort of next time around. Digital acumen is one of the things that we look at as a KPI. and in really interesting conversations, they were saying digital acumen just as a KPI is way too broad these days. You know, it's moved on from being just a, um, you know, was what once a value add is now an absolute necessity. And so people's understanding have moved on um, of it as well. So it's about also think checking in, um, checking in at what's going on, where things, where technology could be helpful, but not always using it as the answer to everything. Now, in episode three, we also looked at um, the various types of customer data and specifically the Net Promoter Score or NPS. And Kerry and Simon gave a, a really good analysis of, of the NPS strengths and weaknesses. But from your perspective on the receiving end, have you ever used NPS? And, and I mean, 
Is it good enough to be able to measure the strength of a client relationship these days? When I worked um, for, for a big corporate, it was used a lot by their brands because predominantly it is a business um, to consumer uh, score effectively. Um, you know, I think as a client, it's much more complex than that. Um, there are people involved in the relationship and therefore many more influences. So I could do a survey and you get my answer um, and it might say, oh, actually, you know, she scored a, a this percentage as to the NPS. Is that representative of actually that relationship or is it just an example of how I'm feeling about something? You know, when I used to work for a client side, just because I liked an agency that we were working with didn't mean that they'd be used for the next project. You know, this is where we're looking into where we think commitment is more of a value than just what what is that that's one score. Um, so I think there's relationships aren't as simple as saying, here's your, you know, one number, here's your kind of MPS score. There's so many more interrelated things going on, which I think it doesn't cover. So for me, it's it is it's useful, absolutely, used in the right context. One of the major seismic events that can kind of upset a, a client relationship, Applecart, is 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 the merger or a takeover or some something huge like that. Which, on the strength of it, when you look at it, looks like a positive thing. But when we did a show about it recently, it's clear that companies need to make sure that they do their due diligence and that that extends to the supplier and client relationships too. So why? Is it more important for companies to monitor and measure their existing relationships today? I think there's there's two points there. You know, you talk about due diligence, uh, which is a very specific element of this. And then you talk about generally monitoring existing relationships. So if I just sort of take the, the latter to begin with, you know, we've just come through a pandemic uh, or coming through, I should say. And I think ways of working have changed. You know, those touch points for building relationships have changed. We don't operate in the same way that we used to. You know, you now have hybrid working. You don't have that same old uh, way of just um, operating. You know, so you've got people that aren't actually in the agency's offices. You've got people that aren't in the client offices. And so that way of working has changed. I think so what it means is that we need to think differently about how we look at the relationships because you don't get that oh I'll just meet you for a coffee over there and you know we'll have five minute chat a lot of more things have to be planned in which take more effort but if you're serious about the relationship that's what you would do and you need to be shown to be adding you know actually wanting to um, add value by going I value our relationship let's talk about how it's going let's talk about what needs to be done I think as human beings, we make a lot of assumptions. We have to in order to to survive. You know, there's there's so much information going on that if we if we didn't, it would be just too much. But I think the thing we're making assumptions is that reality can actually be quite different. And I think it's about making the implicit explicit that you might think you know what's going on, but do you actually? And that's one of the reasons why people come to us and use us as third party because we are able to get down into the little bits of information, the, the, the sort of nuances which the person with the direct relationship might not just tell them. So I think that's sort of how things have changed. In terms of the more due diligence side, financial figures only show one view of the relationship. And it, you would be remiss to just think, oh, well, it's got an X amount of turnover, and therefore you know that's going to look good on our books. Great, let's take them on. 
you know, you need to understand how their relationships currently exist. Have they got problems in their own sort of account management or do they have potentially issue clients, which would then become your issue? And so I think, you know, you need to provide further evidence about what's going on with those current sort of existing relationships. The other thing is it's an actual, um, you're able to go to investors with it as a, as a you know piece of work to say, it's not just, oh, they've got this much turnover. No, this is how much our clients, um, you know, value what we do. And this is why it would be worth you guys investing and us taking them on, you know, ourselves. That's fantastic because, I mean, it, it's very much a case of projecting forward and, and putting a value on all the hard work that you've done to, to get clients to this bit. If anyone is listening to this show thinking about being acquired or acquiring somebody, what, what's, what's your advice in terms of the difference in value that those relationships, those strong relationships can bring to the table? For me, knowledge is power. Well, I think everybody knows that knowledge is power. You know, everything that we've spoken about in this series, it's vital to making sure you know exactly what's going on in your relationships in order to make any necessary changes and therefore future-proof them. You know, if you, you might have relationships, but are they good relationships? Are they strong? Are they going to carry on? You know, if you've got a, um, a client who brings, you know, brings in a million dollars a year, do you know that they are going to be bringing that in next year or are there issues you need to tackle right now? And it's not, I say about just about money. It's not, it's about, you know, making sure that you're future-proofing those relationships and, and it's about working with people as well. So do we want to be known as good service providers? Absolutely. Do we also want business? Of course. But I think it's, it's key that um, all of these things work together to enable you to see how good your relationships are. If you think about it, if you know people go to marriage counseling, why do they do that? Because they want to save or they want to work out and then save what's going on. And in some ways, this is what this is. It's just businesses to businesses rather than individuals. Um, and I think it's important that you take steps to work out what's going on now rather than waiting and finding out there's a massive problem and it, you know, it's too big a problem to do anything about. Well, thank you very much for that, Amy. Excellent stuff. Now, a question for both of you. Um, I thought we'd do a, a kind of a retrospective. Um, looking back over this this whole season of shows, I mean, how would you kind of summarise them? And, and what can businesses do to make sure they're not burying their heads in the sand and that they go into 2024 with the confidence that they've done as much as they can to secure their existing business? I think the first thing I'd say is Remember that um, you can't manage a client relationship unless you can measure it. So don't assume that everything is rosy in the garden because you haven't had any bad news, because the bad news could be just around the corner. It's like, for example, when you get a problem with a tooth, uh, it comes out of nowhere, you don't expect it, you then have to go to the dentist, get it fixed. But generally, people tend to wait until there's a problem before they try and fix it. And assumption, as we all know, is the mother of all cock-ups. So don't assume your client relationships are okay unless you can match perception with reality. And if you're going to measure, if you're going to do that, you need to make sure that the tools you use to assess the strengths and the quality and the health of the relationship are those that will give you actionable intelligence above a simple satisfaction score based on the latest interaction. 
look at what's going on with your relationships. And I, I think look at it with the a lens of what more could we be doing? What more could we be doing to make sure that these are as successful as they can be? That we are being a you know supportive service provider um, and that we are helping your clients achieve their goals. I think that's really where it's important. And I think don't think of this as a nice to have because it's not. If you don't invest in that relationship, then you're going to further down the line have problems. So it's about looking at where you are now and what more can you do to, to strengthen it and keep it going. That's really uh, on the nail there, Amy. And it just reminds me of something that I, one of my clients literally said to me last week, we were talking about the fact that he had originally said um, that as a service provider, he was concerned about his leaky bucket, that they were winning clients and losing clients. And that's why they employed us as an independent third party. And we were talking last week about this whole process. And he said, you know, Kerry said to me, we now, we went from a leaky bucket to now having a 98% retention rate of our clients. And he said, and that's because we've been asking our clients the right questions in the right way. And as it happens, we've been using a third party skilled in doing this to help us get to the results that we want. So the point about all this is if you don't ask the questions, you won't get the answers. Make sure you're asking the right questions and go to people who work with people who can know through their own experience about what works and doesn't work in terms of what questions you need to ask to understand the strength of the relationship. Kerry, Amy, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you. If you would like to explore and unlock any hidden growth for your business, you can contact Relationship Audits, email info at relationshipaudits.com or you can find them on the web at relationshipaudits.com. You can even phone them in the UK on 0207 287 1737. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. You're listening to Special Relationships, a show about monetizing and maximizing your existing client relationships. Visit relationshipaudits.com for more information or contact details.